Are you ready to get real about SMART goals? In this episode, we're going to take a hard look at this popular framework and we're going to question whether it's really all that smart. We're going to dive deep into the limitations and explore alternative approaches to achieving our goals playfully and lightly. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's have a conversation that just might change the way that you approach goal setting. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of planning or goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If that sounds like you, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, and business owner. I started this podcast to help hardworking women and high-achieving mamas plan and set goals playfully and lightly. Unlike pressure-filled approaches, Plan Goal Plan centers on what delights you to help you envision all the possibilities your future holds. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I'm going to guide you through practices that will help you plan for clarity set goals for direction, and act with purpose and delight. Let's get started. If you know someone who is stressed out and needs a little bit of play, a little bit of joy added to their life, then share this episode with them. Right now, right now. Click on those three little dots next to the episode and share this with them. Also, if you're liking this podcast, the best way that you can support me is to leave a review. So share, 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 and then leave me a review. Also, as my thanks to you for listening, for sharing, for reviewing, I have a link in my show notes for a free planning pack. All you have to do is click on the link and enter your email, and then you'll get my Plan Go Plan Starter Pack for free. There's daily, weekly, and monthly spreads, a mind sweep, a habit tracker, a budget tracker, and some meal planning. And there's Monday and Sunday start options on each. So check out the show notes and treat yourself. Imagine this, it's January 1st, and you think to yourself, I should probably start exercising, and eating healthy, and drinking all that water that they said that you should drink. And the more that you think about it, the more pumped you get. This is going to be your year. You are going to meal prep once a week, you're going to hit the gym every day, you are going to slug around that Stanley Cup and crush all that water. 75 hard can eat it because you are harder. (laughs) So you sit down and you decide to write this into a goal because you heard that writing things down is a good thing. Spoiler alert, it is. So you Google smart goals and you read up a little and you start with a statement like, I'm going to exercise for one hour a day, five days a week. And you feel good about this. You can measure that and you can make a little habit tracker and you can check off each time that you work out but you decide that you need to get a little more specific. And so you tighten it a bit. You will lift weights for one hour a day, three days a week, and go to spin class twice a week. You got it. You've got a SMART goal. All right, quickly, what is a SMART goal? A SMART goal is a specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goal. So SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. Now, I will say there's a little bit of a debate whether the R stands for relevant or realistic. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit in a bit. But before I jump into that, here's a fun fact. The concept 
of a SMART goal was first published in a 965-word article in the Management Review by George Doran, and he was a business consultant. And in its original version, the acronym actually stood for Specific, Measurable, Assignable. So the A stood for Assignable. You specify who will do it, who's going to do the task, realistic and time-related. So I thought that was interesting. So SMART goals have been wildly popular, have been wildly successful, and a really useful tool for many, many people. And people have talked about all the different advantages and limitations of this. So people have reworked the acronym so that some of the letters mean slightly different things. And there's even like SMART-er goals and things like that. But I'm going to offer you a few of the limitations to this approach. The first one that people often mention is that SMART goals focus on measurable goals, and this can lead to an overemphasis on quantitative targets, which may not capture the full scope of what's important. All right, so once you make them measurable, that's what I mean by quantitative targets. They're things that you can measure, things that you can count, things that you can see if you are actually making progress. There is a lot of research that suggests that goals actually do not need to be specific in order to be effective. When you are setting only SMART goals, this can actually result in you neglecting more qualitative or subjective aspects of goal setting. So here's a few examples. I like to have to-be goals. You know how you have your to-do list? I like to have a to-be list. This often includes mindset goals. So it might be that I want to go into work and I want to be energetic. I want to be joyful. I want to be a person that other people can connect with. I want to be chill in a meeting that I know is going to be antagonistic. So I might have to be goals. And many of these goals do not necessarily lend themselves to easy measurement. And so I like to call these my fluff goals. So the focus on measurable goals can mean that we may not imagine these more subjective or fluff goals as I like to refer to them affectionately. Another limitation to SMART goals is that there is an emphasis on attainability, and this can lead to goals that are too conservative, which can limit growth and progress. Goals should be challenging. Now, this is kind of tough. Um, If you have heard me talk about my 2023 goal-setting workbook, which is available on plangoplan.etsy.com, one thing that is really important to me is that before people set goals that they think about their capacity and that they should set goals that meet the capacity that they have right then. And I'm really clear that I do not want this to limit people's ability to dream or imagine, but rather to get thoughtful and be conscious about what you are capable of at this given moment. That doesn't mean that you can't have challenging goals, but rather you should be thoughtful about when you're working on challenging goals and when are you going to work on more like maintenance goals or when are you going to work on goals that maybe don't seem like that big of a deal. Some of the most impactful goals that I have ever set are kind of boring. They're little and they're kind of boring. So when I had to sit down and go, Danielle, you just need to work on sleep. Sleep is going to be your priority for the next three months, maybe the next six months, and you don't get to work on any other goals until you get your sleep right. I was like, oh, that's like the most boring goal ever. Going to bed at a reasonable time. 
Like I really feel like an old person now, right? But it was one of the most impactful goals that I've ever set. So I want to go back to this. Goals should be challenging. That was a boring goal. Sleeping was a boring goal, but it was not an easy goal. And in fact, it's something that I continually have to go back to and rework on. But goals should be challenging. I felt really validated when I was listening to the Huberman podcast because they suggested that there is kind of a sweet spot in terms of how difficult a goal should be. So if a goal's too easy, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're going to probably lose motivation. So I experience this a lot when people suggest, you know, exercise and they're like, oh, well, just do one push up a day. Y'all, like, I would try to do things like that, but if that push-up wasn't challenging enough for me, I wouldn't get the endorphin relief. I wouldn't really have a satisfaction of doing something that was hard. I'm like, cool, I just did this thing. I don't feel any progress because of it. I don't really feel satisfaction because of it, because it wasn't really a challenge. But then if I try to do something that's way too hard, like I'm going to exercise for 60 minutes after I haven't been working out for a very long time... I'm not going to be able to keep it up. I'm going to fail. And then failing too much is going to really discourage me and I'm going to stop. So Huberman, he lays out all of this different research and he says, you're really looking for about a 15% fail rate. So 85 times out of 100, you would get it right, but about 15 times you would still be failing. And this seems really in line with my own experiences, but also as a teacher, I'm oftentimes thinking about Where are my students and how do I have the right amount of push for them? That I want to challenge them enough that they feel like they're learning, that they can see that they're growing, that they feel like they're building skills and that they are building skills. But I also don't want them to feel discouraged by the amount that I'm asking them to do all at once. And so both personally and my interest in goals, this became really interesting to me, but also from a teaching standpoint, really figuring out Where are my students out and how do I give them assignments that get them to that about 15% fail rate? How do I give them challenges at about that amount is really, really helpful for me. So goals need to be in that sweet spot. You don't want them to be so attainable that it doesn't feel like a challenge. So they should be challenging, but they shouldn't be so challenging that you get really discouraged. And finally, SMART goals can stifle creativity and innovation. If something doesn't neatly fit into the SMART goal framework, you might not go after it. And that would be a shame. (laughs) So a couple of years ago, um, I was a few years into really goal setting and it was starting to feel really stiff. At that time, I was primarily writing SMART goals, but for some reason, they just like weren't clicking. I wasn't feeling inspired. Nothing really felt motivating. So I gave myself permission to write fluff goals. I'll give you a few examples of my fluff goals. So one was, I choose to prioritize my physical and mental health. Another one was, I can use money to create a better life. That is not a SMART goal. I don't say how much money, I don't define what a better life is. So it's really hard to measure the statement, I can use money to create a better life. But it was still a really helpful goal for me that year, and I did make progress, and I'll explain how I did that in just a moment. So overall, while SMART goals can be a useful tool, 
I do think that they should be used in conjunction with a more holistic or flexible approach. So how do you do this? I am going to teach you how to let go of SMART goals and how to flip the system. So how do you flip the system? You make your why your goal and you make your SMART goal your how. I'm going to explain that. So it's January 1st. And you think to yourself, I should probably start exercising and eating healthy and drinking all that water that they say that you should drink and lifting weights three days a week and going to spin class twice a week. Why? Why do you feel like you need to do these things? What is it that has you pumped about these goals? And you answer, well, I love to feel strong and capable, but mostly exercise helps me manage my anxiety. All right. So you flip the system, you make your why your goal, and you make your smart goal your how. What does that look like? So if my why is, I choose to prioritize my mental and physical health. That's my goal. That's not a smart goal. But that's now my goal because that's my why. I choose to prioritize my physical and mental health. My how is through yoga, lifting weights, and cycling. My how is cycling twice a week and lifting weights three times a week. So you make your why, I care about my mental health, your goal, and your how is now what was your SMART goal. Why should you do this? When I lead workshops with people, when I'm working one-on-one with people around goals and goal setting, I oftentimes hear them talk about a goal that they're struggling with. And what I find out is that they have become so fixated on whether or not they've accomplished that specific measurable goal that they forgot why they were doing it. And if I really start asking them questions, they're oftentimes finding really creative and interesting ways to still get to their why. So they're still finding ways to prioritize their mental health. They're just not doing it through exercise. So there's multiple paths to our why. So when we start with our why, it actually gives us a little bit more flexibility because you can get to your why in multiple ways. So how do you flip your goal? I'll say this one more time. You make your why your goal. And what was your goal is now your how. This will make your purpose the first part of your goal. It will prioritize purpose. It will prioritize what matters. So when is flipping your goal needed? If you find yourself drawn to fluff goals, go ahead and lean into it. This way you can still have your fluff goal, but your how underneath your fluff goal is going to get juicy. It's going to get specific. It's going to have the details that you would want in a SMART goal. The second reason that you might need to flip your goal is if you need a little space in your goal setting. So if you're feeling stressed out by goal setting, if goals are actually making you more stressed instead of less, or if you find yourself slipping into perfectionism, try to flip your goal because it makes your why your goal and there are multiple paths to your why. So you just keep zeroing in on that why. I want to have healthy, strong mental health, right? I want to feel good. 
about my mental health and how I'm prioritizing it. And so there are multiple paths to me getting there. And as long as I'm making progress and using some of those paths, it doesn't matter. The third reason that you might want to flip your goals is if you are experiencing goal fatigue. I don't know if this is actually a real thing. My experience would tell me so. I will research this and do an episode on it sometime. But goal fatigue, I know I've had it happen. I know I've had friends that have had it happen. When you've been in a process of doing a lot of goal setting, doing a lot of reflection, you kind of get to a point where you just need to step back from that and try a little easier. Like even though you've maybe been trying to do a more plan goal plan approach to goal setting, you might find that you've slipped into perfectionism or you've slipped into holding yourself too hard or putting too much pressure on yourself around your goals. So you might just need to release a little and flipping your goals might allow you to still work towards your goals, but ease up a little. Try easier folks. Try easier. So to recap, While SMART goals can be a useful tool, they should be used in conjunction with a more holistic and flexible approach to goal setting that takes into account the broader context and purpose of the goals. Consider flipping your goals, right? To do this, you make your why your goal and what was your goal is now your how. You prioritize your purpose, you prioritize what matters. If you need help with your goal setting, Hop on to plangoalplan.etsy.com and check out the goal setting workbook, the 2023 goal setting workbook. It's super lovely. There's 47 pages that will help you work through your goals, reflect, get to know yourself, and then help you write out your goals and create a plan that will put things into action. I wish for you wildly creative, expansive goals, goals that are sticky, goals that are flipped and goals that maybe sometimes are smart. I hope that you find flexibility and possibility in your goals and may this week be full of sunshine and delight. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all. So pop onto Instagram and follow plan goal plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.